three, two, one. Best advice I can give you, start drinking heavily. You're listening to the Four Takes and Fuel podcast with Alex, Ethan, Chance, and Colton. Welcome back to another episode of Four Takes and Fuel, guys. My name's Alex. I'm Colton. I'm not used to being this early. (laughs) Oh, bro. I'm sorry. All right. Hey, it's okay. We took a week off. We had to try and get back into the routine. Best we could do right there. (laughs) So we have a great guest come and sit down with us today. Uh, Landon Sartain from South Carolina. We're really excited to sit down with them and have a conversation and, and, and catch up on some Batesville and talk about some things we did this past weekend. But before we get into it, here's a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a high-quality, more affordable clothing brand for you and your race team? Look no further than Sublimited. That's S-U-B-L-M-T-D. As they offer crew shirts, hoodies, racing jackets, leather and fabric, full-body racing suits, and much more. Fully customizable kart suits start at $4.99, as well as fully customizable SFI 5 racing suits start at only $9.99. For more information, contact Laura Pender at 601-934-4073, where you can find them online at sublimatedapparel.com or on Facebook. When you reach out, be sure to let them know that we at Four Takes and Fuel sent you. So uh, we didn't do an episode last week because we dropped Connors, uh, but this is our first episode back from Batesville. So the trip was not too bad. Uh, selfishly, to my expectations, it kind of didn't hit where where I wanted them to hit. Uh, but, you know, obviously they, I, I'm grateful that the, the, the finishes and the things we did do. Um we made four out of five classes. Um, we only missed one class because we tried something horrendous, just trying to find some speed. And uh, we tried it in the regular super heavy class on Saturday and it just backed up hard. Uh, but then we yeah. went out for elite super heavy and made the race. Um, and yeah, we came on with the second, seventh, uh, like an 11th and a 19th. Uh, pulled off on the racetrack, pulled off of the racetrack in two of them. Well, no, I ran all the way. I only pulled off on the racetrack on one of them, and uh, and we we just had a fast fast go kart and and on Friday in sumo and we had a really really fast go kart on on Saturday. Uh, it just I made too many rookie mistakes on Saturday to, and it cost me a podium finish, maybe a win. I don't know. Johnny was really really fast, um, but on Friday I had kind of something go on in the race and and I kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit of a rant here. Um, and you know, I kind of got some flack. I got some, I got some praises. I it, I didn't do it for any of them. Um, I really didn't even think about it. So, Tony Sampson's clutch locked up in the sumo race on Friday, and we were running one and two. And I didn't even think about it. We took a lap, and I didn't even realize what's going on because his body had blew up because he hit a uh, a lap go kart. And uh, he, to my realization, coming around, they were trying to push him. I was like, oh, well, I have the opportunity to push him, so why not? Uh, I didn't even think about it. I just did it. Uh, and I, you know, we, we always talk about how this sport is such a family sport and we help each other so much. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm talking about the flack side, you know, Josh, I really appreciate the post. I, I, I didn't do it for the post. I, I did it cause I just felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, and you know, it's just kind of lost for words for a second. Sorry. 
you know, we always talk about how, like I said, we're always a family sport and we always do anything outside of the racetrack. You know, somebody's house burns down, like the Akrezix house burned down a long, long time ago. We came together and we got it. We got stuff for them. We put it together. And then this kid, you know, going to, to, to paradise a few years ago, gets his trailer stolen out of the, the, the parking lot. We come together and get something for him. So what's, what's the difference because he was a competitor on the racetrack, you know, uh, I could have easily just won the race easily because I just pa passed up Tony his clutch would have locked up. I don't think anybody else would have touched him. Uh, but I, I don't know thinking about it now. Like I'm not upset that I did it because I feel like it had been more to talk about more proud to talk about, you know, beating Tony and them off of just pure driving and not because he had an unfortunate event. And I feel that's just, that's just the competitor in me. I've already mm -hmm. had one slot machine off of a disqualification and I, you know, I won the other one outright, but I just feel like it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have felt right because I capitalized on somebody else's loss that I could have helped him. Now, if, you know, his chain came off or something atrocious happened, I, I, and I wouldn't be able to help him. Then I'd have been like, okay, that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, and, and did I feel like we had a better piece than, than Tony and them for a little while? Yeah, I did. I just made a rookie mistake on Friday that cost me the win. So congratulations out to Josh and Tony and them. They had a great go-kart all weekend, sat some poles, ran up front. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of what I wanted to say. It's just like, we're such a family sport. Then why would I get a little bit of flack about it? You know? Yeah. I think, like you said, you've already, you've gotten to taste both uh, versions of winning the slot. And uh, by far, yeah, you never want to beat your competitor because of something out of their control you want to beat them at their best you know so but well, I, th I think more of it is uh everybody says what they would do if they were in that position but it's very hard it's very easy for somebody outside looking in to say what they yep. would do. but being in that position you're not really thinking about that i mean for one it's it, it's batesville you're not thinking about 30,000 other things oh what would i do two laps from now like no you're yeah. focused what you're doing at the time and at that time you saw it and you just thought hey i'll just give him a push it ain't no big deal yeah, it's not even like anything talking about about it. it's just like damn you could have won another slot machine i'm like you know i get it I, I get it you know but being in that situation it's a little bit sweeter like how much how much sweeter would have been like you got to you got to race a you know a factory driver for a chassis company and you just kind of beat him you know like that that would have been way better than be like oh yeah what if tony's go-kart didn't mess up you know what, well, how would that would have ended up, you know, it, but just being able, like you got to race it out, like, cause it was really fun racing with them. You know, I mean, like I said, I made that one small mistake. Tony's go-kart kind of pushed up the racetrack and I was able to, I had to adjust. Cause I feel like I used my stuff up a little bit too early trying to run Tony down and we got a, a caution and his body had got messed up. So I think it was rubbing on the tire. So it started, started, it was starting to, to not drive like it was you know i think it was it was rubbing so it was causing a little bit of a push and i was able to back up the corner with with what i had and, and i was able to cut it really hard off and i cut it hard off one time and i just clipped his left front and a wheel hop and then we had 97 cautions so we could never get going so i knew we had a good piece when i came with go the track too because there was only three so three of us went 40s and everyone else went a 60 or more like a 60 or more. So we were like two, three tenths faster than the field. So I knew that we had really good pieces. After, like, of course, after we got off the racetrack um, and we were one, two, three is how 
the lap times were, I think Johnny set the fastest lap, like lap 18 or 19 or something like that. But we yeah. had so many cautions, we couldn't even race it out. So it was a little frustrating on the caution thing. And then it is what it is, though. You know, I keep go finish up. It's just, it is what it is. I, you know, I, it just wasn't meant to be. Who knows? You know, now, now I will say this, uh, man, they have some local guys and this just goes out to the never giving up part. Man, they had a little junior driver. Um, gonna give a little shout out to him, Remington Crooks, his first time ever at Batesville. Kid's been giving it his all all season long. I think they're from central Louisiana. Uh, yeah. first time in Batesville, got a third place podium finish. Congrats to you, little buddy. Definitely. That was an excellent job. He did an excellent job wheeling. I watched every lap of the race. Um, Ethan Cloud got like a fourth, I believe, in Predator. Kaysen, um, Kaysen won his first slot machine. Should have had yeah. two. Should have had should've. two. He should have won the second night, too. Yeah. Um, I want to say Fruge and Wallace were running up there pretty good all weekend long. Fruge came home with the podium. Yeah, and uh, Wallace was running good all weekend long. Um, Blazak coming home with two, two wins. Two slots, two slots, yeah. And a couple podiums as well. I hate it for 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 big sexy Tuck man. He he had some tough luck this weekend, but he, he had a did. really fast piece. Yeah, he did. He he had a lot of tough luck. Even I unfortunately came over with a bent cutlass. Um, yeah, which was crazy because they put a little cross in it, and it still kind of, it still went pretty quick. Yeah, they they still laid down some good good times with a bent cart. Yeah. But um, man, speaking of bent carts, I ain't never seen carts bend like that. Dude, that was insane. I mean, talking about Graydon's go. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that many bend at Batesville. I've never seen them bend like that at Batesville. I don't. I haven't seen that many bend, and I haven't seen them bend like that. Like Graydon's go kart, Braden Chavis's uh, go kart, Chavis's go kart, and the difference between those two drivers. One has what was it? It was in Lim uh, Open. Yeah, small block open. Small block open was Graydon's bend, and then one and they of they look the identical. Was Shaves has been, and they look identical yeah. from a junior to a small block open. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was wild. I don't know. I don't know what how that. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the the tubing that we're starting to use or or what uh, because they've always had those walls at Batesville, and I've never yeah. seen them but been I, like I'm that. Say this. I'm gonna say this. Watching from. Watching the 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 pit row stream, them walls were very unforgiving on a lot of people this year. Yeah. So, but you know, I just wanted to say thank you again to Lanier, to Shane, to Scotty, to Tom, Tom, and all them. Uh, we had that live show go uh, go out on Spotify and stuff last week. Also with Connor's Connor's uh, episode going out. You know, we really appreciate them for allowing us to do that, and we hope to come back next year and do the same thing. So. But we'll transition out of that, and something really cool happened this past weekend. Um, I finally killed my first deer. <laughs> and it wasn't a baby dog doe. It was actually a pretty mean doe. Like she that was kind of a hammer. Heaviness on it. She, she, if you ask, she was heavy. About 130? She was, she yeah, looked, let's say she, she looked she was about 120, 130. Yeah, she was, she was a healthy doe. It's funny because... Um, I wasn't supposed to be where I was going to be. I was supposed to be with a bow and we had brought, we had brought the bows to, to, to bow hunt. Um, 
but we had brought a rifle just in case. And I was like, mm, that's a good <laughs> idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> and, oh, uh, yeah. Well, you walked out with the bow and I was like, with the way the wind was positioned, I was like, you may as well, you'd be sitting looking down a, mat, a long road. Just go grab the rifle off the truck. Yeah. So but, the reason why I went back to the truck initially, though, was because I forgot my rangefinder. And if anybody knows, I got burned one time with not having a rangefinder and overranged it and shot right over a deer's back. Yeah. And so not, not, went, no, not, not just any deer. Go ahead and explain what kind of. Deer. Oh, no, no, no. That was when I dropped the rifle in the scope. <laughs> I, I slammed the rifle on the ground on accident, still grabbed it the next morning and missed the 12 point. Look, we were just talking about never giving up, okay? Yeah, yeah we're never <laughs> giving up. So. <laughs> so, you know, me and Colton, he had to go get his saddle because I was going to hunt the same area. And he went get his saddle. And I was like, dude, I don't have a rangefinder. I'm like, do I go get it? Do I not go get it? He's like, if you can get back in the tree at X time, then you'll be fine. And the truck was like a five-minute walk. So I'm walking. I go get it. I grab the rangefinder and I stop. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to grab the rifle. I'm just going to grab the rifle and we're just going to try it. Colton said the wind's right. I'm going to sit in the spot. I'm like, all right, let's get it. So I get back. I'm like, hey, take my bow back to the truck if that's okay. And, or you can leave it here, whatever. And he took it back to the truck and I went, I got the climber and climbed up the tree. And I could only get like eight or 10 foot in the tree uh, just because the way it was leaning and then that way I was going to have to adjust the stand. I didn't want to risk the stand dropping or anything. I was on a, a climber and uh, I'm like, man kind of nervous like i don't think i'm high enough i think i think if i'm gonna spook anything and sure enough there's a doe that walks out about 107 yards away and i didn't even realize it was a deer at the time i'm just sitting there and uh i thought it was a bush to be honest like a little bush (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like oh what's that right down there i'm like oh wait bushes don't wag their tail and flop their ears and then drop their head i'm like that's a deer (laughs) and so uh I grabbed the rifle really quick and I think I moved a little too quick and she just bolts her head straight in my direction, staring me down and, uh, Colton them at their least, they have some rules on bucks, you know, usually about two and a half to three years old, uh, you know, six point or more for sure. And so I looked at the, I looked at where said antlers would be. I was like, Oh, cool. It's a doe. I don't have to worry about any of that, but she's staring at me. So I have to hurry up and take the shot. So I'm like putting it down, taking the shot, looking at it and I bang, get her. Well, I thought she going down. I was on top of a ridge and I think she's go I thought she was going back down the ridge and it's like a 40 50 degree incline that you have to go down and pull her out of, but she only went like 5 yards. She did like a semicircle. She semicircled down the ridge and came back up and laid right back down about 5 yards from where I shot her. And uh Colton Colton was only about 250 yards, 300 yards away from me. And he's like, "Talk to me." talk to me. And I was like, I can't even talk right now. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know what's going on. I just killed my first deer. <laughs> and, uh, and usually the rule of thumb is like, wait 45 minutes and then you can go check it out. I was so antsy and I felt like I was going to shake the tree down. I get down. Colton sees me on the camera. He's like, no, no, oh, no, I, no don't. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hanging, I'm hanging in my saddle and I, my phone buzzes for like a, a photo at the same spot where he was at. And I look at it and it's Alex walking up the road, going to look at it. And I was like, no, don't go yet. No, but she was dead. <laughs> yeah. So I, I literally texted Colton. He's like, let me see what he said. I, I'll pull it back up. And it's funny because, uh, like you said, he's like, no, don't go, don't go. And, um, <laughs> I said, she's dead. 
she's dropped. He said, right where you shot her? I was like, she's unalive. And I sent her, a, I sent him a picture of the doe. <laughs> it, was, it was just cool. It was really cool. It was, it was fun. It was yeah. a good time. And for anybody wondering, yes, I got blood on my face. Yeah, it, it, it was the whole shebang. But uh, whoever put the blood <laughs> on his face didn't do a good enough job, though. I did it to myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody like else was skinning everything, huh? You, you, you looked like when it was like really cold outside and your cheeks just got really red. I mean, I was expecting <laughs> like warrior style, like all over. And it was just like two little, two little snowman cheeks <laughs> blushes. Like, <laughs> look, I didn't even know he did it. I was, I was over there helping skin the deer. And then I just see the photo later. I was like, you put it on your face. He's like, yeah. Nobody else was going to do it. And I wanted to, I wanted to be part of the club. Well, you so, kind of have to, or else you didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's what that's, uh, that's it's been going on. It's been going on, guys. So getting yeah. ready for uh, Tunica here, the Blue City Nationals, January. Um, yeah, we kind of take the month off and, and hang out from there. And then it's kind of full steam ahead. Go to Jasper in February, and then we go to the Max Daddy in April. And then we go back to Talladega in May. And so, yeah. Get ready getting for the season. Uh, yeah, getting ready to roll. Definitely. So, I guess with that, we'll go ahead and we'll roll into the interview, guys. So, here, without further ado, Mr. Landon Sartain. So man, let's uh let's roll off into this thing. What's going on, man? How's everything been going? Good, good. How much y'all? Not too bad. Batesville was a uh, Batesville was an okay. Batesville was an okay trip. But uh but y'all had a really, really good Thanksgiving, huh? Yeah, I've had I've had I think two thousand twenty one was a little bit better, but um I didn't finish outside the top four other than calling medium the first day because I was two pounds light, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's like I mean that's that's literally like burning off fuel at that point. Yeah. Well what didn't make sense is in qualifying, so I came off the racetrack, I was like three fifty five, three fifty six, and I had like a quarter tank of gas. I was like, I had gas, I'll be fine. Well I come off the racetrack for the race and I was three forty eight and I was like, What the hell? You feel the tank up? Yeah, I had three quarters of a tank in the race and it okay. weighed freaking like seven pounds less. I was like, There's no way. Yeah, that's like at Batesville when we were going to sumo. Um I have to add like 50 pounds of weight to the go-kart and uh we go across the scales and uh sumo weights 450 at batesville and we uh we it hit 449 and then it clicked right over to 450 and i was like okay i probably need to add a five pound pup to it just to make sure we're yeah. good so i just added a little bit of weight but yeah and that's i that you know i've been losing a lot of weight and uh just get better racing shape. And I, I never had to deal with making weight, but now I do. And I'm kind of like nervous now because we've never had to worry about that. Yeah. So it's, I know it's, weight, weight's like, gets on your nerves sometimes because the scales fluctuate. Like, uh, one time, um, uh, I was 
or somebody I was racing with, they were like half a pound light and they were cussing to take that out. It was, it was kind of funny, but if I was in that situation, I probably wouldn't have been laughing. Yeah. See, I can, I can deal with the scales being off as, as long as they're consistently off. If like, yeah. you know, one time we go across the scales, we're, we're 10 pounds heavy, kind of like, kind of like how you happened at Thanksgiving. You know, if you go across the scales, 10 pound heavy one time, and then you go across the scales, 10 pounds light and you didn't change anything, you know, that's yeah. kind of when you're like, what's going on yeah. here. But if they're like yeah. consistently heavy or consistently light, you can ju- adjust. And that's, that's when yeah. I, that's when it's fine, you know? Cause not, you know, of course, you know, especially at big races like that, there's going to be car, you know, go-karts going over a bunch of go-karts going over them. So they're going to be getting knocked, hit all this kind of other stuff. So it's always going to be messing them up. But as long as they're consistently one way, it'll be just fine. But yeah. when they're not consistent, that's when it's an issue. <laughs> yeah. So um, good. No, I was just, I was waiting on you. Next no, question. Yeah. So like you were, it was your first weekend on the premiere. So like, how'd that go when, you know, is that, was that like the first weekend on a premiere ever or just first weekend on that premiere? Uh, yeah, that was my first weekend, like actually racing the premiere. Mm-hmm. I would say I've rode one or whenever I helped Doug for like, um, I helped him like two weekends at the Burst Nationals. Then a weekend before that at uh, Ashway, I rode it after his go-kart after the race. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that was like my, First week in actually racing one. Yeah, pretty pretty good showing on it too. <clears throat> and no yeah, kids. it was good. I had um a little bit of motor issues, but I sent the motor back and it should be fine. Just they were the only place that they could outrun me was about like down the back straightaway because the back straightaway corners was like a tad bit longer mm-hmm. than turn one because turn one like you turn in sooner, like you kind of start turning in like three quarters away down the straightaway and. Um, the back stretch, you can let it float, or you got a little bit more room going into the corner. Yeah, it's kind of like coming off of four, how much you let it float, kind of on it's similar on the back stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carnesville is Carnesville is especially back in the day when they were coming out of the corner all the way damn near to the wall. That was that was crazy yeah. stuff. I always thought that was so cr- cool and unique about that place. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Let's go back to the beginning for you. Where, how, when, who got you into racing? Uh, so I got my first go kart. I think it was my fifth or sixth birthday, and um, the rap that I did like for the Big O this year, mm-hmm. um, that was what my first go kart looked like. But so my dad's friend, um, his name's Jeff. He lives about well now he lives about an hour, but at the time he lived about. 10 minutes from us. Um, he actually got the go-kart. It was a blaze octane. He actually got it for his um, son and he got another go-kart for his son. And my dad was like, Hey, I'll buy that one for Landon. And he bought it. And I didn't end up racing it until I was, I think it was seven or eight, like right hey. whenever I had to like move up to junior one from Wee. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't think anybody knows this, but like at first my dad said I was like a year or two younger than I was. Cause like, <laughs> I just had started racing to run red plate. And yeah, I did. Um, my first ever race was at uh cross anchor and I got, I got lapped uh, <laughs> and then, and then the next race, it went to cross anchor. Uh, um, I think I finished like side by side. I finished second, but, or my first race, whenever I was coming off the racetrack, um, I didn't let off and I like jumped the kid, you know, like cross anchors, like high bank. Yeah. I, I like jumped over top of the kid and I hit the tech man and. I remember telling my mom, I'm like, I'm going to get disqualified. I'm going to get disqualified. She was like, no, you're not. Honey. You just got to slow down coming off the racetrack. But, um, yeah, my dad's friend, Jeff, he helped us for a little bit. And then 
my dad kind of saw, because I was racing against his younger son, me and him were both running red plate. Mm -hmm. So my dad kind of saw that he was getting the better tires or the better stuff. So he was like, um, we got to not necessarily find somebody else, but um, uh, a guy named Lee Higdon, that's actually who I'm racing with now. He, mm -hmm. he started um, helping me and my dad and we started racing with him and going to the bigger races, like the tri-state races and stuff. And whenever I got into junior one, I really didn't do that hot. I was like, midfield barely making the races but it helped me a lot like racing the bigger races when i was younger yeah and then whenever i started running red plate at the bigger races i did good but like that switch to junior one i was a lot especially because you had people like charlie Medford, like he him like tristan jones people like that they were racing with people like speed clinic and stuff like they were winning whenever i was back there like barely making the races and yeah. stuff were you racing with but lane back then lane who lane penley no, he's yeah. whenever I was in junior one, he was like in junior two, junior three. Gotcha. He's so he's a little bit older yeah. than you. Yeah. Whenever like Eli Beats and JoJo and them, they were like winning like junior one. That's when I was in red plate. And then whenever they were winning like junior two and junior three, that's whenever I was like halfway through junior one. Mm -hmm. So you're always kind of like a like a step behind them in the class until stock, yeah. you know, yeah, or I'll they go you know, the class behind them. The adults. Yeah. And so, yeah. so you're saying like you would, you know, <clears throat> you moved out of red plate locally to junior one, but every time y'all go to, to this like bigger races, uh, you, you run rookie red plate. Uh, yeah, the, the local races I'd run like junior one, sometimes I'd run junior two just cause get more lap or more seat time. But yeah, the bigger races I raced red plate. And then whenever I did move up to junior one at the bigger races, I kind of struggled a little bit, but it was a lot different from racing around here because racing around here you've got kids like like at the level that i was and then mm -hmm. you go to the bigger races and you had people like charlie who'd been racing the bigger races all his racing career yeah but, and i feel like you know it's a big thing for you know adults to do with little kids because you talked about how like you weren't doing so hot you were barely making shows and stuff but like at such a young age with low experience like that's huge making the shows you know that that's like such a a big confidence booster you know but if you know, if we could just get the kids to understand that, that's huge, you know, instead of just not yeah. winning, you know, obviously it's going to grow and come, of course, like it has for you. Uh, but just making the shows is huge. Yeah. And uh, I feel like, or this probably relates to the last question about it, like what I like about the sport and what mm -hmm. I don't like. I think whenever like 2015, like Thanksgiving hundred had like 2000 entries. And I know Bates for this year had like 13 or 1400. Mm -hmm. I feel like back then, there was a lot more competition and you go to the bigger races like adults and the competition is still there. But I feel like back then there was a lot more competition in every class. Like now, um, like junior one, junior two, junior three, there's not a whole lot of junior kids compared to what it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, that is a, that's a, it's definitely an issue that, that, you know, we can talk about later on, but for sure. I, uh, I do feel like it's kind of thinned out. It's more of like, uh, you can kind of look at the, who signed up and you'd be like, mm, I can count on my hands yeah. you know, I can count on one hand yeah. probably who, who's got a chance to really win. Um, yeah. and I think it's, I think it's still broader in the senior classes, but those junior classes for sure. I mean, yeah. you, you got riddle, you got Lambert, you know, you can definitely tell that they're going to be up front. Uh, just it's it's just there's so many that that isn't it's not as prevalent that it's going to be a, such a mix up in the junior classes anymore you know yeah 
I mean, like just watching Batesville from the house, I knew whenever the juniors hit the track, I could look just at the top five names that were coming out. I'm like, yeah, okay, this, this one's going to win. This one's going to come second. This is going to come third. Or yeah. this is going to happen with these two. And then the third place is going to win. Like it's almost a predictable race. But kind of like with the making the show thing, it's a we're going backwards a little bit here. But it's kind of like I tell everybody, you know, it's the biggest thing since Batesville is a big topic. Um, your first year at Batesville, you just want to make the show. Yeah. Like that's that's a lot of people's expectations when they go. It's like first year at Batesville, what do you expect to do? You're gonna win a slot out. People are like, no, that'd be nice, but I really just want to make one show. Dude, I mean, it took me it took me seven years to win my first slot machine, and I won it off a of disqualification, and then I didn't <clears> win my next one until 2021. And just big shows like that, it just you know, unless you're one of those top teams, it's not gonna come easy, you know. Yeah, like that, man. It took me took me three years to just make two shows on the weekend. <laughs> Much less win a damn slot. Shit, when you gotta run, when you gotta run light, there's a lot of people in light that are fast. Yeah. <laughs> especially like the first year, the first year we went, man. I I missed I made a I made one class out of four I ran at four I qualified that weekend. I made a one on the Friday night. And I did a whole two laps. <laughs> I was underpowered. Chassis was just not it. But I left like feel like a champ because I made the. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I wanted to do. I made two laps before Sheamus came up behind me, and I was out. But I was like, I felt like a champ. I just, I just won the lottery because I made the dance. <laughs> So Landon, uh, who would you consider as your biggest uh, role model or teacher as far as driving wise with karting? Um, well, there's a lot of people who've uh, helped me a lot. Um, first off, I think Lee helped me a lot. He helped me because he helped me from basically red plate until like junior two, and then me and my dad started racing. But there's a lot of people like I could probably name them all. Like, Lee, Jason Scruggs, Brad Scruggs, Dan Sox. Um, I've raced with all of them. They've all helped me a lot. Um, now there's somebody else. Oh, um, there's this guy named Mike Hughes. He doesn't race anymore, but or have a team anymore. But whenever we raced with him, I raced with Bryson Duncan. Racing with Bryson, he had a little bit more experience than I did, and he helped me out a lot too. But yeah, there's a handful of people who've helped me out a lot. Definitely. It's uh, especially a, a lot of those names you named. That's some really good people to have in your corner to help teach you and help yeah. you grow through through your career. It's uh, very pivotal to have those kind of people in your corner. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, just kind of rolling off of that with with the inspirations, the role models, and everybody that's really helped you. I mean, what what is the biggest learning curve? If it's been like advice or just mental things uh, in your karting career. Um. Going from the local tracks to the big or the bigger races is definitely that's like a big learning curve. And um, my mind just went blank. Sorry. Yeah, I do that all the time. My mind goes blank. So like going from the, like the local tracks to the bigger tracks, that's like probably was one of one of my biggest learning curves. And going from juniors to seniors, that was a bigger bigger learning curve. 
And like, um, whenever I say, whenever I race with Brad, like we came down to Talladega that one time. So mm-hmm. one of like, um, clone medium, I qualified, I think it was third or fourth. And I kind of messed myself up. I, I blocked like the first lap and the second lap, I moved back up to like run my line. And then, um, I think it was Endicott. He got past me and then I got shuffled back and then got wrecked. And he was like, Hey, like that next week, like he drew out on a whiteboard. He was like, Hey, you need to like do this and work on this. And a lot of people can help you, but like you have to be in that situation and go to through learn, that situation yeah. to learn it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of tricky, especially that kind of racetrack. It's not like block, but it's almost like protect, you know, play a little bit yeah. of defense so we all can yeah. kind of spread out. Yeah. I'm sure that's kind of like what, it, how the conversation went. Yeah. Yeah. He told me just, he drew it out. Like, obviously like the line that you need to run on the first and all second lap. Like I knew that, but it's still just little details help a lot. And then being in that situation helps a lot too. Yeah. Little things can sometimes not really change much, but it's little things that can make a huge difference, you know? Yeah. Like if, like if, yeah. you know, if you have a big lead, it doesn't matter. You can make a, you can make a small bobble or something like that. But if you're tight yeah. racing, like on, on the level yeah. that like Brad and them do, it it's, yeah. it's, it's huge, you know? Yeah. When you go to like Talladega, heck, we were separated. I think, I swear it was like the top 15 was separated by like a 10th. Like whenever you're out there fighting for uh, a thousandth or a couple hundredths to make top five or top three, that's, a lot, especially driving wise. Definitely. Oh, you have to, absolutely. you have to be perfect. You have to be absolutely, yeah. per- everything has to be perfect. Yeah. And then sometimes yeah. even if you still are perfect, you could be literally thousands off and lose 10 positions, yeah. you know, yeah. And that was, it's just, it's crazy. The level of competition. That's what we talk about a lot. And is uh, this sport is probably one of the most competitive things that you can do. I mean, cause it is, it is thousands. It's not, it used to be tenths. You could, you could be a 10th off and still run 10th or something like that. But the yeah. level that things are getting to is is it's everything has to be perfect and i mean it's 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 just true you know you have to if you want to be fast you got to go through your stuff you got to make sure everything's good you don't want to have to worry about the go-kart when you get there you just want to worry about bolting yeah. on the right set of tires that's a big thing you know yeah shit it took me a long time to understand that one I'm, I'm like dude it Man, like, because whenever I first got back into it, I, I I played baseball for a while when I got out. And then when I got back into it, I was just like, oh, man, like, this ain't nothing. I ain't got to do nothing. Like, Alex is over here wrenching on his stuff all week. And I'm like, man, I ain't even worried about it. I'm going to just go out there and I'm going to win. Like, I'm, I'm going to drive. That's what I do. I drive. Yeah, I drove straight into the wall. And uh, <laughs> it was at that moment I realized, like, all right, I got to get back into the the routine of maintenance and just making sure everything is perfect to where you get to the track. You just worry about what tires I'm putting on this thing. Yeah. Um, speaking like maintenance and stuff. So this year at the big O, I know Alex and Jacob was there. That was, <laughs> oh, that was, were dude, they? That, maybe dude, that maybe was physically. <laughs> that was probably the worst, one of the worst weekends that I've ever had. Yeah. You and, did have um, some tough luck. Yeah. So, I went out there in the and because I ran limited. I went out there and uh, first round of practice, and like first two the first two three laps, I was fine. And then um, I came off the racetrack and I was like, "What the fuck is smoking?" <laughs> and the right rear, and I looked at the right rear tire. I was like, "Oh shit!" But the right rear hub slid in, so I, I um, pulled it back out. And then I got up for the second round of practice, and then the motor started skipping. 
I was like, all right, well, we got to get this right for qualifying. And like, I've never had a problem with that motor at all. Like, that's the motor that I ran in Junior Limited. Um, I won on it at Thanksgiving Thunder in 2021. And then 2022, Big O in Junior Limited, I should have won. And obviously, I think I saw that and messed up passing for the lead. Yeah. But never had a problem with that motor. And then it messed up. Is that up when you, is that when you like flew up like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right rear wheel hot Yeah. 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 But what happened there, so before the race, like all day I struggled. It was a little loose, um, like thinner off. So um, where I was racing with Wes and Mike still at the time, Wes moved the right rear hub out. And on the Fanatic, she got like an inside hole or outside hole from Nerf bars. And we always ran them on the inside hole. So like the right rear, if you hit anybody, you were going to right rear wheel hop them. And that's what happened. Mm, gotcha. But but yeah, the motor messed up, and after the first qualifying, it just it skipped like the whole time. So, um, Kenny Buff, he um, I'm sure y'all know who that is. He won oh, yeah. the first big O. Mm-hmm. He's a um, good friend, good guy. Anyway, so I asked him, or well, actually, my dad, he texted me and he's like, "What's wrong with it?" And I told him the motor was skipping because it wasn't there. So his friend, who's a friend of Kenny, which a friend of Kenny too, but Kenny came over there and fixed the carburetor, and it was fine for the first half lap for the second qualifying and then the uh right front came off the um bead and i was like what the hell but yeah, yeah and then everything it got that out, could, so. yeah, everything that could have went wrong me and jacob yeah. were just watching on the fence and like every time we watched landon it was like damn <laughs> damn yeah. Get, yeah. he's got a monkey on his back yeah. and he cannot shake it yeah. at all that was the first weekend that i uh went racing by myself or paid for everything myself and i mm-hmm. spent like eighteen hundred dollars, and I left. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's for sale. It is for sale. Everything's for yeah. sale. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. it's bad. Like, I just had both that go court too. Yeah, I just uh, I remember on Friday night because you just came hang out on Friday night. That's when that's when we got to talking and stuff, and then you raced on Saturday. So it was just a Saturday ordeal for you, right? Yeah. So, you know, your first number. You kind of you did the throwback rap to it for uh for the big O, but where did the number sixteen come from? Um, uh, so my um, like whenever I first started racing, I didn't really know. My dad just picked it, but so my great grandpa, um, I think he showed me a picture before. He used to have a dirt car. I don't, I don't have the picture. I think my dad showed it to me, or he might have showed it to me. But he used to have a dirt car. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's grandpa, and that's kind of where my dad picked it from, but. That's basically where I got you. And then you kind of trans. you went to number seven for a little bit. Is there anything behind the number seven or is it just something you picked? That was, that's Dan's number. Whenever I saw gotcha. Dan. Yeah. Um, I did run the number one eighty seven for a while. Yeah. 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 That's um, right. That's right. That's one right. of my, that's one of my dad's friends, his, um, his son raced or well, both of his sons raced. One of his sons raced more than the other one, but they were number one eighty seven. Mm-hmm. And um, he brought he bought a brand new go kart. Well, his oldest son um, got in trouble, so he was like, "All right, I'm selling this go kart." My dad was like, "Well, let us ride it because I had a, I think I still had a eight seat at the time. Whenever the rival came out, yeah, the and, the old Ultramax that went over the axle. Yeah, no, that's the eccentric. Oh, eccentric. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, the eight seat came out in 2015, I think, and then the rival was 16 or 17. But yeah, I had a I had an exceed after the Blaze Octane, and then I got a um that rival, and I ran number one eighty seven because that guy his number was one eighty seven, and then he ended up giving the go kart to me and my dad, and that's what 
I won a lot with. I, I rode that for like until I started racing with Mike, like end of 2021. Mm-hmm. But I won them. Like I won a lot of places. I won them Daytona with that go kart and a lot of races at um Carnival. Gotcha. So, what was your what would you consider your most special win? Uh, it could be it could be multiple too. It could be multiple. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, sometimes it's hard to pick. Yeah. Um. Shit, I start my airplanes. Um. So, 2018 was my first time to Daytona, and I didn't really know what Daytona meant at that time. I was like, "Oh, this is cool. We're going to race to Daytona." Well, I was running Junior Two, like Junior Two and Junior Two Pro. So the first day, I won the, or I think I qualified second in the warm-up race, and I passed. I think it was Blake Massengill. I passed him, like coming off turn two first lap, and I won that. And then I won the pro race the second day, and I qualified on the pole. And that was probably like my first biggest win. And then 2021 Thanksgiving Thunder, um, I won Junior Limited, and then I won uh, the big Junior Three race. I think it's called like the Junior Three Kahuna. Mm-hmm. I had we won like or I won like around five thousand that weekend. That was probably one of my biggest weekends. But and then two thousand twenty one, I won um, at Daytona again, which was the only warm up race. But I think anybody would be happy with a win at Daytona. Dude, yeah, nobody could win at Daytona, Daytona bro. Yeah, um, that's probably my biggest wins. Is I've won three times at Daytona. I should have won about five, and the other two were dumb rookie mistakes but <laughs> as long as you learn daytona. from it yeah i've won at daytona and i won at um um those two big races at um, thanksgiving thunder and then the junior modified max daddy i should have won that but could have should have would have but yeah those are probably my biggest wins my biggest weekend yeah even though some of those races weren't wins you know it's still huge to run up yeah. front and fight for them you know it's something to say you know? yeah yeah, but, yeah. Daytona man is special. That's awesome. Yeah. That that last win came with the go-kart we put the picture on the Facebook with, right? Uh the seven. Yeah, the gray one. Yeah. Uh no, it was actually the number fourteen. I don't think I sent you a picture of that one. I completely gotcha. forgot about that. I should have <laughs> sent you a picture of that one, but yeah, I, that's the one car that I didn't forget. Because I I think I included like all of them that I've ran in the past like year and a half. Other than that one, I completely forgot about that one. But <laughs> yeah, it was grade number fourteen. I won at Thanksgiving Thunder and then in Daytona on that one. Gotcha. Yeah. Man, so like I, I'm curious. I know a couple people know about it. I want to know why, but where did the nickname Billy come from? Uh, it's my first name. Really? My, well, yeah, my really? middle name. Yeah, my middle name's Landon. Oh, so okay. we're just calling you by your name. It's not even a nickname. Yeah, well, it kind of is because, like, at first, so whenever I was younger, like, I hated people at um school would always call me Billy because that's, like, what the <laughs> teachers, you know, like, attendance and stuff, they call yeah. you. And then, like, yeah. on my ID, it says Billy, like, mm-hmm. for uh, high school. But I didn't want anybody at the racetrack knowing. So, like, I didn't tell anybody because, like, I, I hated the name. But <laughs> um, uh, Lane or Wayne knew it, like, Wayne's kind of like my older brother, he's always been since I met him, but I forget, I think Wayne told, like, Cameron Pack, and they all just started calling me Billy, and all them, and then just everybody, like, started, um, old C-Pack, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody started calling me Billy, but I don't really care now, like, laugh about it, it's just, like, my nickname, like, 
you know who Billy is, and then like they know who I am. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool. I mean, so, I, so so we've been calling this man Billy the whole time. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> as, his government. As we name. thought it was a joke, but it's in just, reality. He's been like this using his middle name as his government name. <laughs> and Billy's like his co-op, like that's only for the, the, the federal business. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought I, I thought I was I thought I was dealing with something. You know, the teachers would call me Alexander and I hated it and I wanted to just be called Alex. And no, you just change your whole dang name. You just use your middle name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always been called Landon. Like really. I guess ever since I realized, like, what's your name, man? Like, three or four years old, I've always been wanting to call Landon. I hated being called Billy because it sounds like an old man. Because my um my great grandfather, the one um like where my number came from, his name's Billy too. That's where I got my name from. Gotcha. That's cool, man. That's really cool. So Billy's what people use when they're mad at you. <laughs> Come here, Billy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you, you kind of talked about it in your learning curve question, uh, but, you know, you recently did it, you know, what, you're 17, 18, 17, 17. So you just recently did this two or three years ago, coming from juniors to seniors, um, especially at the national level. Uh, what was that transition like? Were you ready for it? Did you kind of run a couple senior classes here and there to to get ready to go to on the on the national level at the local level, run a couple senior classes? Uh, you know, was it hard, difficult? easy transition what was that like because it's a totally different ball game yeah it is um whenever i still race with my dad i would run junior three like the bigger races and i do i do decent like around around here say like corners like i could win but like you go to nationals and we'd struggle a little bit but um whenever i started racing with um mike I ran junior three whenever Wes felt that he was still racing with us. I ran junior three and like the bigger races. And then whenever Wes, um, he stopped racing with us. Um, I was like, now Mike's like full-time adult driver. And here I am 15 years old, like just about to turn 16, like about to go to these like bigger races and all the races we went to running adults. And it was definitely a learning curve. Like the first weekend that I ran adult was, um, a track's actually closed down now. It's called Checker Flag Courtway. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's in Georgia. It's like 30 minutes from Carnesville. Yeah, I've, um, I've heard about it. I've never seen it or been, but I've heard about it. I heard about it before it closed. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was like the first day that I raced adults, Um, like raced all adults. And I think I qualified. I qualified on the pole and calling heavy warm-up on the first lap. Well, the next lap, it felt good through one or two. I was like, yeah, I can hold a wide open. Well, came off turn two and just smacked the fence, ripped the body off. <laughs> and Mike, and Mike, he was like, what the hell? He ripped the body off. So we had to, like, swap bodies from his go-kart to my go-kart because we had, like, multiple go-karts. But it was definitely a different different ball game because whenever I raced junior three, I had, like, um, Coltrane you know that as Cole or Cole Palmer yeah like me and him and then um a couple other kids like we were the ones winning junior three everywhere like around that we raced at and then then I was racing against um Jason Scruggs and Andrew Dove and Logan Tucker like all stiff competition like just thrown to the wolves I guess you could say and it, it helped me a lot to where I am now I feel like if he wouldn't have done that or I wouldn't have been like gotten that opportunity I probably wouldn't have been experienced as I am now I'm still no, I'm still not where I think I need to be because you can always learn more, but I'm a lot better than I used to be because of that. And whenever I started racing with Dan, 
um, last year, the Rumble, I was like really thrown to the wolves, like racing against Shay <laughs> and like, like Yarborough and all them. Yeah. Like, cause and Williamson, all, right. the, all them boys. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's yep. just the heavy, heavy hitters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Friday night, not qualified, like third, fourth, and fifth or something. I ran, I ran all like the um, pro classes, like 390 and stuff like that. And I qualified like in the top five. And then the races come and, them knowing how to get around you or mess with you, like getting your head like that yeah. happens really bad all weekend. And it's, I told Dan, it was kind of, I guess it was kind of like a lot of pressure, I guess you could say, like racing for him when I shouldn't have been really pressured. But I think I just kind of got in my head and knocked my confidence down a little bit and messed myself up. But I say, I was always, I was always fast whenever I first got into um, like adult classes, but that learning curve is, definitely a lot more going to juniors to singers. Definitely. And, you know, it's easy when, and, and not saying it's easy, but it's a, it's a little less stressful when, you know, you're out on the track and you're, you're putting down qualifying laps. And then yeah. when you yeah. realize you out qualified, you know, maybe you qualified a position in front of Shay or Chase or yeah. Tommy Balder, yeah. you know, yeah. then you kind of look back and you're like, damn, like, this is crazy. You know, yeah. you, you looked up yeah. to these people and now you're, you're qualifying with them. And then you kind of get in your head is like, I kind of, do I belong here? You know, it's kind of that yeah, deal. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's just, you know, working on that mental, cause that's a huge thing that, that you can, you can almost win a race from just being confident and, and making decisions yeah. and trusting the decisions. And just like you said at Talladega, you know, learning from situations because you'll never be able to catch up to them in their experience, but you can definitely grow in yourself and make your own experience to where, you know, you have your own style of racing because everybody has their own style. So once you find and craft your own style in the senior division, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the best I did that weekend, like the rumble, um, you were talking about like confidence, like, should I belong here? I went out like the last day, the rumble qualifying, um, like, I think it was like 10 or 20,000 to win. I went out with, um, Tommy and chase like the same group that they did. And, Mm -hmm. I think I went out like right behind them and we were like out there running and like you normally can tell like if you're gaining on somebody or they're pulling away from yeah. people. We like went out there and like we were all like kind of right there together like on the same straightaway. Like one of them was going into one, one of them was passing the flag stand and I was coming off the corner and like we weren't, they weren't really pulling away from us. So like, ah, oh, I think it is. Well, came off and I think we were like the first group and we were like first, second, and third and I was only like a hundredth or something off of them. I was like, ah, oh, like it kind of surprised me. I was like, ah, oh, I'll be good. And I ended up like fifth, but. Yeah, I was I was kind of like, well, dang, should, do I belong here? But <laughs> but, th- but then you 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 do that enough, and you like you start building that confidence. Like, man, I belong here. This is yeah, where I belong because yeah. you know I have the talent. I got the people backing me. Like, yeah, you just got it, and it takes a while. It was because we're human, you know, and uh, yeah. it's it's crazy what the mind can do just to your body and and for performance. You know, if you're not confident, it definitely. You won't perform as well, but if you are confident and once you do build that confidence, it, it just a, it's a game changer. I know, I know Colton has, has talked about it a, a bunch on here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Once you get the momentum going, <clears throat> yeah, maintaining it's not as bad as long as you keep your head forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to uh, talk about some of the rides that you've been a part of over, over the, uh, over the years? Some of the other rides. Yeah, I will. Um, yeah, so like I said earlier, whenever I started racing, I raced with um, Liam, my dad, and then 
after that, it was me and my dad. Because Lee, he got out of um, go karts into um, big cars, and after me and my dad, or well, not really, like my dad quit. My dad still like came to races, but I raced with um, Mike Hughes, um, and then after that, um, here I raced with after that. Trying to think, I've raced, I've raced for like Dan and Jason. Them, I think after Mike, I raced with um, yeah, I raced with Jason Scroggs, mm-hmm. and I raced with him for a few months, and I sort of racing with Dan for a few races. I was still racing with Jason, like full time racing with Jason, and I ran with him a few times. Well, I think we went to there was one race where Jason wasn't going to be racing at, and that's like mainly the only time that I raced with Dan is whenever I wasn't racing with Jason. Yeah, and um, filling the, filling the cal- went, calendar up. Yeah, so we went to the UK UKS race. This was in the um two thousand end of last year, like right before the World One Hundred. Uh, um, I think I won like Ultimate Semi Pro, and I don't I don't know if that um kind of made Jason mad or not. But after that, he was kind of like, I think that uh, we need to go our separate ways. And I was like, okay, I understand. Like, I get it. Like. If you're racing with somebody, they want you to completely race with them, even if they say it's okay. And I've learned yeah. that a lot from racing with different people. But I raced with Dan, and then Dan, with him doing motors and his um, his kids playing football, they're, I think one of them's a year younger than I am, the same year as I am. They're, like, really good in football. Like, they're they're one of their teams, like, um, they're probably, like, going to win state here in South Carolina this year. That's huge. But, yeah. But um, they're really good in football and baseball and stuff. And Dan, like, have, like putting focus on them, he's not able to race a lot. And, um, like, Nick Nick Scott not racing as much as he used to. Dan really doesn't race as much as he used to. And he lives about an hour and 45 minutes from me. So uh, him doing motors and stuff, like, he couldn't get the go-kart washed and, like, all the go-kart ready. And me and you being, can't just shoot it, over there. Yeah, I can't just – it's not like a 10-minute drive mm-hmm. to uh, work on my stuff. But, yeah, that – he just kind of – live too far for me to come and work on it. Like, I don't mind. Like, I love working on the go-karts. Like, if somebody wants to work on my go-kart, I'm like, like, let me do it. I want to make sure it's, like, yeah, 100% yeah. right. You know, I, yeah, like, even if you trust them, like, fully, you're kind of like, mm, yeah. let me double-check that. And instead of double-checking yeah. it, you just do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But after, um, after I raced with Dan, um, or, well, I went to the World 100, and I was still riding, like, Dan stuff. And um, Wes Sutton and Dan, they've always been close. And um, Wes did my tires at the World 100, and we ran good there. I I should have won no pro the second day, and I kind of messed up leading. But um, after that, I raced with um, I raced with Wes, um, like, earlier this year, like, January, February. And um, we went to Beaver Creek. I think y'all, I think y'all were there. You weren't you at Beaver yeah. Creek at Mac, the Max Bill? Uh, I don't. I think we missed Beaver Creek. We went to Talladega. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me pull my phone up. My phone's about to die. I'm going charger over here. Um. But yeah, we went to Beaver Creek, and I flipped in qualifying. Don't ask. Oh, me that's right. Yeah, I remember seeing that picture. Yeah, it was the bottom of the go kart. Yeah. 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 I remember seeing that picture. Yeah. That, yeah, that was wild. Yeah, that was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah, so we raced west and we flipped the go kart, and I ended up bending the go kart. It was a um, recon, and 
me and Wes, we kind of had a disagreement about like who needed or the go court needed to um, be paid for just because of past stuff. Whenever we were racing with Mike, um, <laughs> golf cart got um, damaged. But anyway, so we kind of had a disagreement about that. So we were like, all right, just go our separate ways. So I raced um, after that. Brad, or whenever I was still racing with Wes, Brad was like, hey, uh, do you want to come ride with me at Paradise? Because um, Sam Platt, who he always had race with him, like, because he always rode super heavy. Sam always rode, like, semi-pro and me even heavy for him. He was like, Sam's having some personal stuff going on. Like, he's going to take a little a break off of um, racing. How about you come ride some or ride this race? I was like, okay. So I we went to Paradise, and it was Reapers, and that was my first time ever running Reapers. And, um... The warm-up race, I qualified. I think it was like fourth, and I was passing for second on like two or three, and I wheel-hopped the guy, and I had to pull off. And then I won the next race, or won like the no-pro pro race. And then um, Brad, he, he helped me a lot, like going to the bigger races, like teaching me like what to do in these situations because he's he, he's, he normally like races the big races. Mm-hmm. And then um, – helping me was kind of taken away from his time with his family and stuff so he was like um it was kind of like a mutual mutual agreement for me to him not help me anymore it was just um him helping me kind of took away time from his family so i was like all right all right that's fine so um whenever like right whenever that happened i started racing the uh, race car mm-hmm. for uh lee like he helped me initially with go courts and I raced the course some, and the first two races I raced was um, like a Young Guns class, like a um, like Young Guns street stock class, and mm-hmm. um, I, I did good. I qualified, or no, I finished second the first race, or well, no, I was running second, and I spun out last lap, and then my second race, I won, but his car was like not legal at all for that class. <laughs> like, I honestly got thrown out, like... Um, I think I, I remember you sending out. a Snapchat and a group chat about it. Yeah, they like they threw me out for rear shots, but we were kind of like, well, what what is legal on this thing for this class? Yeah, like I remember my first race, the tech man he walks up and he's like, "Hey man, you can't have those like rear fins on the spoiler because like on his car you got like the little side fins on the spoiler." He's like, "You got to take those off." So we took those off, and uh, nobody said anything until I won. But <laughs> of then, course, um, of course. Yeah, yeah, and then so. Lee wanted to get back into go-kart racing and I'm sure you know who Josh Haskins is like makes mm-hmm. the bodies and the prep and all. So him and Josh have always been good friends, like for years. Um, like they've raced together before and Lee was like, I'm gonna get back into go-karts. And, like Josh is going to help me. So, um, the ultra max that I have with Brad, I, I bought one and then I um, bought a fanatic. Um, from a guy, it was an older one. It was actually one of the ones whenever I raced with Mike Hughes that we um had the fanatics, and me and Lee we've been racing together since I think it was I don't know what month it was. It was probably about four four or five months ago. Yeah, and I think it was right after Talladega, huh? Yeah, yeah. The I think it was right after the big O. Oh yeah, that's right. Because you it said was, you brought your own stuff to the Big O. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, I, I got that fanatic, and I came to the Big O, and then after that, me and Lee raced together. And hey, the first weekend back, we went to Carnesville, and then we went to a local track, and I won three out of the four races. We did good, and then um, or I should have won all four of the races. Like the first weekend back, we went racing, but like in Clone Light, uh, this guy chopped me. I was trying to pass him for, I think it was like second or third. I won the race before that, and I went to pass him, and he chopped me. I was like, screw it. Like, I always get into it with this dude. And so I um, turned him and then got into a fight with him. Oh, but, Yeah. Yeah. You have that on them big but, jobs. Yeah, that's a fact. But, yeah, after that, we raced the car on And um, in the car, like his class, I was racing against people who have been racing, like, since before like Lee's been racing and like Lee's been racing since he was five years old and he's thinks 37 or 38. So like a long, long, a long, long time. But the best I finished against them was I think like six or seven, but they've been racing like longer than I've even been alive. They can do it with their eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah. My very last race in the car, um, I think it was a few months ago, like, I was running like ninth or tenth, and we had a restart with like two to go, and I passed like three or four cars on the restart. And I was proud, and Lisa did a lot better. But um, yeah, just me and Lee have been racing ever since then, and we've been doing good. Definitely. With one of the most iconic names in the karting industry leading the team, Chavis Racing Products is the premier karting and body seat manufacturer in the country. Whether you're looking for a cart body, seat, or fairing, our friends at Chavis Racing Products will have you looking and feeling best behind the wheel. With over 15 years of experience in the karting industry, Chavis Racing Products delivers time and time again with their quality and customer service. With three different bodies to choose from, seat sizes ranging from Rookie to 2XL, and their newest carbon fiber options, they are always thinking of new and innovative ways to improve comfort and performance for racers. To find out more, go check them out online on Facebook and their website, ShavisRacingProducts.net, or give the shop a call at 706-840-1886. When you reach out, be sure to let them know that the guys at Vortex and Fuel sent you. So, um, would you say in the midst of all of that, um, Getting into the big car, would you say that kind of piqued your interest whenever you were in between rides and, and kart racing and all that stuff, or, or what made you want to do it? Uh, Well, whenever I was younger, uh, whenever Lee first got his car, because we've always been friends with Lee, he was um, like, he joked with me, he's gonna, he's, he was like, you're going to be racing this in a few years, and I was like, heck yeah, and then it came about and like we kind of talked about it and talked about it. And then whenever he was like getting back in the go-karts, he was like, um, we can go to a practice night and you can drive the car and like see how you do. And uh, we ended up just going to race. Um, and like I said, I did good my first race. I was running second and I spun out. But um, big cars, I like them a lot more than go-karts just because, well, there's certain things I like and certain things I don't like. Like spend the time at the racetrack at go-karts, you're there for – half the day and 37 hours a lot of people <clears throat> yeah a, a lot of a lot of people don't like that but i like that because like i mostly know everybody and like i'm talking to somebody or like hanging out with somebody the whole time and like say like coming to a race that you're at like the big o like getting to meet like people like you or just meet new people that i haven't met like just talk to over social media and stuff yeah but um cars like you're only there for a handful of hours and 
I like that, like not being there a long time. But at the same time, I do like being there. I do mm-hmm. like being in the racetrack for a while. But the cars, like driving wise, it's a lot different. And like just like the feel, like like go karts, you can feel if it's loose or tight. And like the race cars, that's you got to learn like what the car's doing. And I haven't quite learned it, but just the driving aspect, I like it a lot more than go karts because I guess I've been racing go karts for eight or nine years. I was kind of like not really tired of it or burnt out, but it's always fun to learn new things. Definitely. And, um, yeah. And so yeah. you know, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you can go ahead. No, I, I didn't mean to catch you. I'm sorry. No, I already forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. Um, no, you go ahead. No, I'm going to go ahead. Actually, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to talk about the big car a little bit more. Um, You know, was that like a, was that like something Lee wanted to do, the the, uh, the 51, or is that something y'all came out with together, or is that just how it came out? Um, Whenever Lee used to race, or whenever, I think he was number zero one whenever he first started racing or i don't know what number he was but i don't remember he showed me pictures he used to be zero one and he's always been a fan of kyle bush yeah and um whenever kyle bush was like number 51 um lee was like i'm gonna be number 51 because like people um nicknamed lee like rowdy too because like yeah. you said before he had kids he used to be like um wild guy they like nicknamed him Rowdy, like on the roof of the car it says Rowdy Higdon. But <laughs> yeah, he got it he got his number from um like Kyle Bush number fifty one and he's always been a fan of Kyle Bush. But yeah, that's, that's his cool. number, his car. That's why I was number fifty one in the car. So does that does that also correlate to that? I mean, I, I think it was you I saw it, the the champ car. The fifty one on the champ car. Yeah. So my right. um yeah, well, it's actually it's actually one of our other friends. His name's um, Andy. He used okay. to race um, asphalt, asphalt street stocks, like the same, like same similar car, but asphalt. Yeah, and um, that's actually his champ car. But he always lets us ride it. It's a, like I think it's a 2020 rival buggy, but it's a really good buggy. But whenever um, Lee rode it at nationals, and his number's always been 51, so he put 51 on it because. I had my number on it, or I had number one eighty seven on it from last year's nationals. But gotcha. yeah, he put number fifty one on, and I was gonna put a six on it, like five sixteen, because his number is fifty one and mine sixteen. But mm-hmm. the left side, like where he had the fifty one pushback, I couldn't have put, I couldn't put a six. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna try a small little sharpie on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put like a put like a little little gray. Take like a gray like little sharpie like this, and just like put like a little baby six. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of, you know, still on, still on the big car thing, man. Is that is that something you can see yourself transitioning into and and finding a way out of karting, or will karting always have you know that special soft spot as it is for all of us in your life? Mm, if if I was paying for my own racing, or if I had to pay for absolutely everything, yeah, I'd probably be in a car because. My dad, he kind of got tired of spending all the money on good courts. And we were winning whenever it was just me and my dad. But still, like, even when you're winning everything, you're still not making a whole lot back or you're breaking even. Yeah. So if it, if I was, like, paying for absolutely everything, like, say I went and got a car, like, I'm sure my dad would be like, hey, I'm going to get the car, but you're going to have to pay for everything else. I'd probably be in a car. But um, luckily, Lee and one of his friends, they helped me out a lot on, like, the good stuff. 
But as as long as I'm racing go karts for Lee, then I'll always be racing go karts. But if I was like paying for my own, I'd probably be in a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that, definitely. We had we had Ethan talk about it at uh, Batesville. Um, that like it's just the initial setup that's pretty expensive with the big huh. cars and stuff and getting everything set up. But as long as you don't wreck really bad, it's pretty pretty easy maintenance. Yeah, yeah. You normally like every three races in a race car, you change your oil. Like if you change like a gear in your car to go to different tracks, because normally there's a handful of tracks around here that we can race at. And I mean, you can travel a little bit, but it's really the only tracks we race at. I have full around here. Like you normally got to change the gear every time and you, like change your rear end oil and all that. But it's not too hard unless you don't wreck something. Yeah, it's more of a shock game than a tire game, too. Yeah, yeah. And once you get your car figured out for what your car likes at the different racetracks, like say the tracks tackier or tracks like dry slick, like as long as you know what to do to your car, it's like fairly simple. And luckily Lee's figured that out. So wherever we go, whenever I was running it, like he knew exactly what to do on it. Basically, I just went out there and had to learn what to do. You just had to learn how to drive it according to the yeah, condition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. So – we're going to get into the rapid fire segment, but before we do, this rapid fire segment is brought to you by Extreme Tire Solutions. Uh, whether it's getting a cart scaled out, prep, or trackside help, they got you covered completely. Not only that, they are a Trick Olympic dealer, so if you're looking to get the new trip, Trick Olympic, you can get with them. Uh, they, uh, You can get with them on Facebook at Extreme Speed, or you can contact Curtis Polchek on Facebook. So get with them today and get to the front, guys. So let's get into this uh, rapid fire segment right here. Indoor or outdoor racing? Um, outdoor. Outdoor. Big track or small track? Um, it depends, but I'm gonna say small track. Yeah. So I, I was talking to some guys at Batesville, and they were like, uh, you know, like, what you think about it? And uh, it was actually Preston Sparks, and he's like, I kind, I like it a lot because you kind of got to get up on the wheel. You know, it's not just because a lot of y'all racetracks, you just ride around. You just have to ride. Yeah. It's not much on the wheel. It's 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 not a lot with the feet. You know, you have to really on the smaller tracks. You got to really drive it, and that's uh. I feel like I feel like for y'all, that's pretty enjoyable to actually have to get up on the <laughs> wheel sometimes instead of just riding. Yeah, yeah it is because like you got like just say Iron City for example, hold it wide open and be smooth on the wheel. But um, I've only raced on like one indoor track, and that was with outlaw courts, and you had to get <laughs> up on the wheel. But and the only reason I say outdoor is because that's all i've ever raced right basically yeah and then mexican or italian uh wow that's a hard one <laughs> um i actually had mexican tonight but i'm gonna say italian, italian. my favorite food is probably spaghetti yeah that's a good one i like spaghetti too open or clones uh i've never got to run or limited you could say limited limited or clones um i must i must say limited yeah, just that extra power just changes the game for you. Yeah, man, you hardly ever get to run them. Yeah. And then uh, Ford or Chevy? No, Chevy. Chevy. No Big Chevy My, guy? Yeah. Hey, Colton was a Chevy guy, and I kind of changed him over to a Ford, and he hasn't regretted it. So might want to give him a shot. But, but, I will, but I will say um, we have a 24 Duramax as a fleet truck for work. I drove that bad boy home, and uh, – I mean, I ain't gonna buy an eight thousand dollar truck right now, but if I could and would, that'd be the one I'd go buy. Yeah, it was smooth riding for a twenty five hundred. The Fords ride like bricks. 
I don't know. Colton likes his. Well, the F one fifty is different, but I'm talking yeah, about twenty five hundred pieces. The the F two fifties ride like a bag of bricks. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is something you like about our sport, Landon? Uh, I guess in go kart racing, everybody. Well, I know some people have problems with each other, but it's like a big family. Like, say for example, like a kid gets hurt or something, like everybody pitches in and helps them out and like gets them back on their feet, like racing wise. I guess it's just because it's a big family and everybody knows everybody. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, we get that a lot from a lot of people we ask that question to. Which says so much about our sport. I mean, it's huge. Like that's that's such a staple of our sport, really. How we come together and no matter what, if, you know, I've seen people be all-time rivals and then one thing happens to the other person out in their personal life and it's like, all right, let's get together. Let's make this happen. Let's, let's, you know, let's, let's help them out. Yeah. And it's huge about our sport. You know, we're just one big family. Yeah, sure. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, I mean, you know, now we know what you like about it. What's something you like to see change? I mean, we all have our opinions on it, but what is one thing you personally would like to see change about our sport? Um, I know a lot of people would say like, no prep but I feel like no matter what you do there's always going to be those teams that are going to be up front like um, like we were talking about earlier like Talladega like you've got 15 or 20 people that are within a tenth of a second and like everybody is doing maybe close to the same thing but some people might be doing different and they're still right there and you got different go-car I mean different go-cars different motors like everybody's basically equal but I'd say, like, the kids' classes, like, maybe introducing more people to racing because, like I said earlier, I feel like the junior classes aren't nowhere near as competitive as they used to be. And, like, the upcoming of go-kart racing, like, I wouldn't say it's dying out because I don't think it is. Like, Batesville, like, they've had, like, what's the most Batesville entries they've ever had? I think it was 1504, 1503. And what year was that? Uh, 2006 but 2021 we went like 1490 or something like that in 21 yeah. yeah well i still think i still think like the popularity of it is there but it's a lot more expensive now like i feel like these like bigger tire companies like i know like inflation and all like everybody's having to pay more for everything but maybe if the people or the companies were maybe like dive down their price a little bit and help people out. I feel like a lot more people would be in it because I see a lot of people like selling out and stuff who've been racing for a while just because of the price of it. Yeah. But I'd say the main thing is like the kids, like helping kids out more. Like I feel like everybody needs to help the kids out more because, um, but like still with the juniors, like you're going to have kids like Braden Chavis, like in junior one, like him and kids like, like Braden Chavis, Kyler Keith, like they're going to be your ones to win junior one. And then, Junior two, I I probably couldn't name just somebody from junior two. I haven't really paid attention to junior two a lot, but like junior yeah. one, that, and then junior three, you've got people like um, Lambert, Riddle, like Brody Bacher, like you've mm-hmm. got people like that who are going to win. But that's probably like the one main thing would be like helping kids out a lot. It's kind of like, I, I think what you're trying to get to is like close the gap yeah, you know, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, you know, because like we talked about earlier, is like there's such kind of not 
not a huge gap, but I, there's a bigger gap than, you know, when we all started. Uh, and it's crazy. Cause you yeah. started, you started 10 years after me and, and, and you, there's still, there's a big gap from you. So it, it's, uh, yeah. definitely not as tight as it used to be. You'll definitely see five or six go-karts, but it's not like the, the, the senior classes where there's 15 to 20 go-karts that'll definitely fight for a win. Yeah. So, no. And it's like, you, you talk about, uh, the the no prep thing, but I mean I don't even think it's that because you could be running the same prep, same setup, yeah. same everything, but the person next to you that's running everything the same as fast and you could have a different air pressure. So yeah. it's like it, it's yeah. more than just the prep and the tires. I mean that has a lot to do with it, yeah. but but what are they punching? What's the air pressure? What yeah. what's your camera at? What's your nose cross? Like what is your entire setup? There is one little thing that somebody else is going to find different to be fast. Yeah. And it's just how much are you going to put into the dedication of the setup as well as ours. Yeah. But like if you went, if they did enforce, like you say, if they like, if they absolutely enforce the no prep, like it'd be who can set up a go-kart the best and who can, who can drive the best. I feel like it'd still be a lot more in the setup. I mean, you still got to know how to drive, but it's always going to be about setup and tires. Well, it's still going to go back to knowledge. You know, it's still going to go yeah. back to knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So, and and the, like they say, the cream will always rise to the top. So I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I really don't think no prep is is kind of an answer. Um, no. Nope. At all, and I don't think treaded tires is an answer. I think it's just kind mm. of, it's more of educating. I think it's more of yeah. educating. You know, Frank Frank with uh, OKT has a great book. Uh, so that's that's definitely in the right direction. I just think it's you know educating and and, and getting you know people because a lot of people they'll start racing and then they get beat a bunch and then they just get real discouraged and they'll just get out of it. Uh, yeah. And I just wish that there was a way to kind of not because obviously you know we've all put in this work to to have all this knowledge and you don't just want to give it away. You know you want them you want to work for it. You want to be able to. You, you don't want to be like, ah, here's the knowledge that I spent 20 years learning, yeah. uh, but definitely some way to get them up on board quicker than what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but we'll wrap this up with, with, uh, with this man, we always want to give somebody a platform to, to, to thank the people that has given them a chance to, to be in this board of ours. So who would you like to thank, man? Uh, there's a lot of people I don't think, but first you gotta thank the good Lord above. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Of course. And, um, I guess, uh, there's a lot of people I think, but like the main people who have helped me like driving wise and all like that, Lee, Jason, Brad, like Mike, Dan, um, there's this older guy who used to help me. His name's Todd. He used to race back in the day. Um, or, you know, the, Throwback rap I did in the, I think it was the 2022 one? Big O. Yep, that one. Yep. That was what his go kart in the purple suit. That was actually his suit. Um, him, my dad, my mom, just um, my sponsors. I got or my dad's quality carpet care. Um, my grandpa's the Great Bay Oyster House, and then Sis Scrap Recycling, um, Porter's RV Sales, and I know I'm forgetting one person. Um, Cover the blanket with it. <laughs> yeah, I should I should have wrote this down, but yeah, that's mainly all the people I like thinking. Just anybody else who has helped me through the, along my, my wrestling career. 
definitely. It takes a takes a ton of people to do this sport, and yeah. along the way, you know, you might have forgot one or two, but I'm, you know, I'm yeah. sure they know that, and you know that they helped you, man. So, yeah, we appreciate you coming, cut some time out, and uh, come and talk with us, man. We appreciate it a lot, and uh, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you, buddy. Yeah, so, thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. Hey, you going to Daytona this year? Uh, I think we're going to Paradise. Gotcha. I want. I like really wanted to go to Daytona because I always enjoy going to Daytona because Daytona is not always about the race. Like you, or we always leave the day after Christmas, and you got like a day or two to hang out with everybody and go and do whatever you want. And then you also got like your racing days, but it's just a fun environment. But um, yeah, we're probably going to Paradise. They're having a three day event too, and I think they're paying more money. And Lee was like, well, all like the the bigger, bigger people like Shay and Chase and all them are probably going to be at Daytona. I was like, no, they're going to be at Paradise. <laughs> but I don't know. He's got it dead set that we're going to Paradise, but I might talk, talk him into going to Daytona. I don't know. There you go. But well, good luck wherever you go, man. And like I said, we really appreciate you coming to sit down with us, and uh, we'll see you at a racetrack soon. <sighs> yes, sir. Thank you for having me on here. All right. Have a good one, man. Have a good you one. Too. See you. What a guy. I mean, what a guy. Billy. <laughs> Billy. I mean, what a, you know, it's a great, Billy. great guy. Dude, what, what else can you say about Billy? What yeah. a guy. <laughs> Matter of fact, that was actually a really good interview. Um, Learned about his different rides and stuff like that and throughout his racing career, how it's gone. And yeah, how he's always just kept his, his head up and been optimistic. I mean, even talking about the big O trip, I mean, he, he's still going at it. So just, Really, really cool guy. Really, really nice to to finally get to talk to him, other than social media like Snapchat or something like that. And I, I really enjoyed the interview. Definitely, me too. He's really had some some guys in his corner that has has really helped him shape into the driver he is today, and he can only grow from there. Um, definitely, definitely, really cool. So, but we have another guest coming to you guys next week, and we're excited to bring that to you guys. But until then, y'all have a great, safe week weekend good luck at your races you're going to and uh we'll catch y'all next week and if you're a florida state fan we're playing for y'all <laughs> later guys later adios